Welcome to the Humanity Matters Podcast, where we discuss and reflect on faith and philosophy, nonprofit leadership, and social issues. We want to engage ideas on what it means to be a free human being in the pursuit of human flourishing. For more information, visit our website, philipfletcher.org. And now, the Humanity Matters Podcast. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Humanity Matters Podcast. I am your host, Dr. Philip Fletcher. Hope everyone is doing great on this first full week of April 2021. Hey, if you want to connect with me, please visit my website, philipfletcher.org. That is philipfletcher.org. You can also find me on Facebook. At my page, Dr. Philip Fletcher. Also, you can find me on Instagram as well. You want to see some cool pictures, just find Philip Fletcher. Again, two L's. If you want to join me on Twitter, at Phil Fletcher. That's at Phil Fletcher. I would love to connect with you. I like to put some interesting, thought-provoking stuff out there from time to time. I like to read more on Twitter than post. Uh, but either way, go check it out. And Go to YouTube, find Humanity Matters, and subscribe to the channel. We have two shows that come out, a midweek show, which is Rap, free, rap Hip Hop, and Freedom, excuse me, and that comes out on Fridays, and right now what we're looking at are different rap artists and a particular track that they have put out and how it relates to classical liberalism, even libertarianism, so Check that out. We have gone through J. Cole and we have looked at uh, N.W.A. And this coming week, we're going to be looking at Public Enemy, Fight the Power. So check that out. And then on Sundays at 7 p.m., it is the Humanity Matters Weekly. So I would love to have you interact with me on any of these platforms. Wow. It's April. And want to be a little transparent today. Uh, Easter just happened this past Sunday, celebrating the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And, you know, as typical, uh, news magazines tell about the story of Jesus. Uh, is he a historical Jesus? Who is this Jesus? We want to talk about the veracity of the resurrection. You know, you have different... Uh, documentaries that come out. We talk about uh, the history of Christianity as it relates to Easter or the resurrection. Now, this past year has been very interesting. Why? Because of uh, the pandemic. And the pandemic has touched every aspect of society. Pretty much. Across the world, every aspect of society has been touched by not just COVID, but also how different localities, states, nations respond to and have responded to this pandemic, COVID-19. And I want to be... Just a little bit more transparent than normal. 
in this regard during this podcast because um, for all transparency, I am a Christian and in practice, I am a Catholic, came into the Catholic Church December uh, 2019, the week before Christmas, and then March came 2020, and then like everything shut down, right? So up until December 2019, been going back and forth, uh, investigating what was going on in my heart and mind regarding moving from Protestantism into the fullness of the church, as we like to say it. Now, up until this point, since 1997, I've been a, you know, Christian. Came to faith, personal faith in the Church of God in Christ, Friendship Christian Fellowship Church in Marino Valley, California, under the leadership of Pastor Art Wooten. And became ordained in the Church of God in Christ, youth pastor, and then uh, we had to, we moved uh, further down near to San Diego um, and started to attend some different churches uh, and then entered the military, helped out a lot of different ways when I had the opportunity, uh, the chaplains and doing some ministry on Sundays with soldiers. And then when we moved to Arkansas back in 2007, started our ministry, which will become Coho, City of Hope Outreach. Check it out, coho58.org. So, did a lot. Was rocking and rolling for uh, Protestants. I was a fierce, fierce Calvinist, reformed, um, trained young men and women uh, to do ministry in unconventional ways, did a lot of different things to uh, really understand what it is to live out the Christian faith. And so through a series of events, found myself uh, from time to time in the uh, sanctuary of St. Joseph's Catholic Church here in town and Conway, Arkansas, and eventually December 2019 came into the fullness of the church. Then the pandemic hit March, right? And things started to close down, right? Touched my nonprofit, uh, my baby girl. She wasn't able to have a graduation from her high school here in town. And hey, everybody has been impacted in some form or fashion, right? So uh, last week... Uh, Pew Research Center produced uh, a study that was conducted March 1st through March 7th, 2021. All right. And uh, the title was Life in United States Religious Congregations Slowly Edges Back Toward Normal. Hey, if you got a question, want to send to me, email me, humanitymatterspodcast at gmail.com. And I would love to take your question. And I find that question we'll read it on the mailbag on Sundays at Humanity Matters Weekly so Pew Research produced uh, and the title half of US Christian churchgoers say their congregations should be enforcing 
social distancing, mask wearing. Interesting phrase, enforcing, as it relates to the Christian church. I wonder, what does that look like? Is that Matthew 18, church discipline? I don't know, right? Uh, So the subtitle, among U.S. adults who typically attend religious services at least monthly or attended in person in the past month, Percentage you say the house of worship they attend most often should currently. So uh, the study looked at July 2020 and then it looked at March 2021. So all U.S. attenders requiring social distancing of all U.S. attenders who participated in this study, 51%, right? That was said in July 2020. Now in March 2021, Uh, That dropped by one percentage point to 50%. Okay, Uh, let's keep reading. So of all U.S. attenders, 44% in July 2020 said masks should be required. That is now up to 50%. In 2020 of July, all U.S. attenders said 41% uh, worship areas should be, uh, there should be a restriction on capacity uh, that has moved up one percentage point to 42%. Now, this was stuck out to me. Of all U.S. attenders in July 2020, uh, there should be limits on communal singing, singing, 29%. That hasn't changed. March 2021, 29%. And then be closed altogether of all U.S. attenders, 28% said should be closed altogether. That is now dropped down to 15%. And obviously, March 2021, you know, the vaccine is starting to roll out. States are starting to open. Um, So I'm sure that has some influence in those person's answers. Now, there's a breakdown. So of Catholics, that stands out for me. Okay, back in 2020 of July, 61% said social distancing should be required. 39% said there should be limits on communal singing. Right. And I was like, what? I'm looking at this data from 2020. Now, March 2021 requires social distancing. It's dropped one percentage point to 60%, but it's gone up from 39% limits on communal singing to 44%. I'm like, so like here, so here's some transparency. When I was attending mass up from between a little before December Welcome into the church in December, the week before Christmas, up until March. I see, like, there's something about being in in mass, being in that sanctuary, being able to look out up and be able just to like, just join in in just the host of heaven and just be able to sing, right? Be able to get all that stuff off as you've been going through throughout the week. Uh, all that stress and, and just difficult decision making just for myself personally and just be able to like sing. And, you know, people would come to me and be like, I just love your voice. I love to hear that. And I think about the scripture where it says to make a joyful noise unto the Lord, you know, and and Psalm 150 and and be able to sing songs and hymns to one another, as it says in uh, the Pauline epistles. And so I was ah, moved just thrown back looking at this uh, reporting where it moved from 39 to 44%. Now, what about for my Protestants, right? In 2020, July, it was 
25% of all Protestants, and it dropped down one percentage point to 24%. Now, when you dig in, when you look at historically black churches, now, if if you go to a historically black church, or if you've gone one Sunday, a, a family and friends Sunday, you know choirs, praise and worship teams, they're about to give it to you. 32% in 2020 limits on communal singing. It went up to 36%. And I'm like, wow, <laughs> what's, what's, what's going on? Now, they dig into some uh, ethnic breakdowns as well, white, black, and Hispanic. Uh, that's who they point out. I don't know why. What happened to the Asian people, right? <laughs> like, Asians are Christians. <laughs> There's people from the Middle East are Christians. I wonder what they said as well. But uh, for instance, so for uh, blacks, July 2020, 40% require social distancing. That number jumped up to 54%. Okay. For whites, it was 56% in 2020. It's dropped to 49%. For Hispanics, it was at 47% and it shot up to 54%. So you see some distinctions there on an ethnic category for whites. Uh, it went down uh, for blacks and Hispanics. It went up. Now, what about communal singing? Right. So for whites, it moved from 29 percent. It dropped three percentage points to 26 percent for blacks. It went from 29 to 32 percent for Hispanics from 27 to 35 percent. Wow. And now here's one of the big things. Be closed altogether. Blacks went from 42 percent to 30 percent. But of all categories, white, black, and Hispanic, blacks more than double Hispanics. Hispanics is at 14, all right? Whites, okay, they're at 9%. Like, wow. And again, there is something healing. There is something um, soul-stirring about having the opportunity to be able to sing psalms and hymns in a congregational setting, um, in the presence of other men and women who are going through similar particular things, and those songs are directed outward. Hey, this is Philip Fletcher with the Humanity Matters Podcast, and I am just going through some data that was released from the Pew Research Center that was conducted March 1st through 7th, 2021. Uh, The title, Life in U.S. Religious Congregations Slowly Edges Back Toward Normal. So then leads my question is, what is normal? What does that mean? So my own personal journey with this whole thing has been one of, um, (laughs) I'm bothered, right? I'll be honest with you, right? With the church Big C in America, period. I'm just bothered. This last year, so going on 13 months now, has my 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 my, my faith in God and Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit, that's solid, right? At the end of the day, that's whom I rise and fall on. But as in relationship to the visible church, if you will these buildings, right, that house these people, the people are the church, not the buildings, right? But these denominations, so on and so forth, whether they're Protestant or Catholic, Protestant, evangelical, mainline, historically black, right? 
Pentecostal, whatever, okay, whatever your flavor is. I'm like, what is going on? Reflecting on the last 13 months, I've seen um, that pastors, congregants, those who name the name of Jesus Christ have almost made it like the wearing of a mask or any of these things were a mark of righteousness. It was almost like a sign that you received the Holy Spirit. That to wear a mask, to socially distance, to to stay in the house, that was a marker of whether or not you were truly, quote unquote, loving your neighbor as yourself. A whole lot of legalism, in my estimation, that was coming from all sides, being thrown at Christians. Now, I got it. Let's be for real. We, and I'm speaking in terms of Christians in America in the 21st century, we don't know how to deal with suffering. We don't face the suffering like Coptic Christians. We don't face the suffering like some Christians in China. We don't face the suffering that uh, we've read in the Old and New Testament. We don't face the suffering that Christians face during Rome under the hands of different Caesars. We just we just don't. Let's be for real, right? No, I got it. COVID's been hard. People have lost their lives. But this is nothing new to the Christians. As one writer said, that death is simply a gardener. So the church's response to COVID has been interesting. To the point that it's asked me to call into question some of these things that we have taught, had conferences about, wrote books about for decades. Is there power in singing? What are we to make of Hebrews where we shouldn't forsake the assembly as we see the day approaching? What are we to make of those things? Because it was not a man who commanded Christians to worship and to gather together and to profess their faith and sing. It was God who made that command. So this past 13 months is, has caused me to ask myself for the church in America, who has the sole authority regarding the church? Who has that sole authority? And yes, I hear Romans coming up. You should, you know, we should be subject to the governing powers, right? Yeah, we keep reading, right? that the government bears a sword and that sword is done towards reserved for evil doers, right? What is the relationship to the church, to the state? Where's the line? When does the church head in a different direction than what the state is going? It has to ask me, what are the significance? What's, what significance is it in continuing to have a building? Does it make any stewardship sense 
if if Christians are saying, right, capacity should be restricted, be closed altogether, right? If if Christians, regardless of Protestant or Catholic, are demonstrating that they can function in some type of way apart from buildings and everything that comes with that, why continue to maintain them? Why not sell them? But then, again, we have to call into question, what is the significance of things like singing, of gathering together to be in fellowship with other individuals? Especially in the context of suffering. Finally, before we head to a break, are we using commands such as love your neighbor as yourself and other examples of Jesus exhorting uh, his first century believers and then by extension, those who would follow in their footsteps and believing the word has been passed down. Are we saying those things because we truly mean those things? Or are we saying those things because it's better than saying, you know what, we need to do it because the state tells us to do this. Hey, when we come back, we're going to keep digging into this. I appreciate y'all. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Humanity Matters Podcast. I am your host, Dr. Philip Fletcher. Hey, connect with me, humanitymatterspodcast at gmail.com. I would love to hear from you. may read your question on the Sunday night show of the Humanity Matters Weekly, which is broadcast on YouTube and Facebook Live. And so I've been talking about my frustrations with church in 20. 21 more specifically about responses to the pandemic and uh, i think my well not i think my overall splinter in my mind is this who has the sway the state or the church regarding every aspect of 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 what we do within if you will, church life, whether you are a Protestant or a Catholic, right? I don't, you know, there's a question I'm going to wrestle with. You have your mind already settled. I hope that after you finish listening to this, you would continue to probe and dig into questions such as Romans 12 and 13 and uh, the relationship of the church to the state and asking when is too far, too far, <laughs> right? Is it right for the state to come inside of a worship setting and, and demand that it shut down? Is it right that um, Christians should enforce mask mandates, so on and so forth? What does that look like in terms of church discipline and things like that? Is that a, is that a sin? What about singing? What about gathering together? What, what about these buildings and the budgets to maintain the operations, so on and so forth? Are these still necessary? Has the pandemic pulled the sheet off of American Christianity to reveal what is actually necessary 
something to think about. You know, when I think about the state in relationship to the church, you know, I got to, you know, think about that state power is more successful, influential when the individual is influenced to believe his or her human flourishing is dependent on the state and no other externality, right? So in this case, the externality is God. And how (laughs) we understand the life of God is in our relationship with the Holy Spirit, right? But then also in the community of other men and women and children who are aiming towards the same person. Right. Who share a common belief and value system and and framework. Right. So but religion, it presents a problem to the state. Right. Because religion, this is what it offers an individual, what it offers a community. It offers a set of of facts, whether now whether you think those facts are rational or Irrational, it offers an individual and by extension a community of people an authority that exists in complete distinction from the state. It, it just does, right? And it, in terms of Christianity, right? Put down your sword for the state, they'll use the sword. Something to think about. So there. And an uncompromised religion, right? It asserts this, that the dominant relationship is between God and that individual. The uncompromised religion, right? It, it, it asserts without apology the dominant relationship is between God and the individual. But <laughs> what can happen is, right? And history has shown this. And this is this is part of my frustration with what's been going on the last 13 months. And I think the church, Christian, Catholic, Protestant, they have a confab about this. What is your relationship to the state? But a, a religion that is compromised, all right, with the state, okay, it, it, <laughs> There's transformation of values and beliefs that starts to happen, right? So if the church is going to put itself, okay, downstream from culture, right? Now you you, uh, got these different uh, understandings about church with culture, church in culture, church against culture, so on and so forth. I think church can reform culture. Right. It can be that leaven. All right. Not by force, but by persuasion. But when the state comes in and starts to mingle itself with that uncompromised religion, slowly but surely, that assertion that the dominant relationship of God and individual begins to move to almost where it's like a triangle at first. God, the individual and the state. And then if we're not careful, it God, if you will, is pushed out. And then the dominant relationship is between the state and the individual. 
Hmm. So Carl Jung, uh, he wrote a book, 57, 58. It was published, The Undiscovered Self. And he digs into a lot of this. All right. And one of the things he says, is says that the policy of the state is the supreme principle of thought and action. Right. But I could think this too, right? What is the chief end of chief end of man is to worship God and glorify him forever. Mm. So for the state, they are the principle of thought and action, at least in terms of Christianity. Okay. And I am rehearsing the first question from the uh, catechism, Westminster catechism is that the chief end of man is to glorify God and worship him forever. So it's these things that have got me like, what are we doing (laughs) regarding our understanding of the relationship between Christianity and the state? Now, I got it. The state puts the information out there. This is what's going on with the pandemic, right? These are the, the necessary steps that should be taken, right? To go so far as to mandate these things upon a religious institution, I think it's a step too far. And I think it's a step too far when the church goes lockstep with the state. Because again, I have to ask myself, at what point do you stop? At what point do you stop? So Young looks at, and he said he identifies the state over time amasses greater and greater power, and it begins to resemble its own type of religion. Free thought is, is discouraged or punished. Policy becomes the creed. Your elected leaders kind of look kind of priestly. All right. There's only one truth, and beside it, there's no other. So it can look like a type of religion, right? So typically in religions, right, if you begin to espouse things that are not in line with the values and beliefs of that religious group, right, you can be deemed what is called a heretic, someone who creates division. That's where that word heretic comes from. And if you don't, you know, come back into the fold, quote unquote, right, then you are alienated. You are Uh, put out of the religious group. In other words, you're excommunicated. Before that, there may be some type of punishment that is doled out. And the state functions the same way. If you're not in line, we will fine you, right? Or we will put you out. We will alienate you. And if that still is not enough, we've seen in some cases over the last 13 months, people go to jail. They do. They do. So, so what of this whole thing is that, and I'm speaking to Christians, right? Each one of us must work to discern the activity of the state, okay? And we have to ask ourselves, right? Is the state granting me the right to worship? And I have to ask myself, secondly, is the state saying that It is the foundation for my existence and my human flourishing and more and even 
is it the foundation for my religious life and practices? I don't know. And it's one of the things I am uh, wrestling with. And I'm going to continue to wrestle with it. I mean, whew, I mean, it's like in me, right? And I don't know if you have been dealing with any of this, right? Hit me up, email me, inbox me. I'd love to hear your stories. I understand there are many Christians who have lost loved ones as a result of this COVID. But then the next question becomes, how do when, when, when this pandemic is over, how will we respond to new sufferings? Because suffering doesn't stop. Suffering is part of the human experience. And we completely understand that when we read the Bible, okay, we also understand that from Genesis chapter three forward, all right, there's suffering. Even in Revelation, there's suffering. So human beings will not be exempt. In this life, we will suffer. All right. In this life, we will suffer. The question we have to ask ourselves is this. To whose voice shall we respond? Whose direction shall we take? In whom shall we place our faith and confidence? Those are the things that we should ask ourselves. Hey, thank you for joining me for the Humanity Matters podcast. I've been your host, Dr. Philo Fletcher. Hey, check out the midweek show coming out this Friday, Rap Freedom, Rap Hip Hop and Freedom. I gotta get that title right. Rap Hip Hop and Freedom. We will be looking at Public Public Enemy and their track, Fight the Power. And then on Sunday, the Humanity Matters Weekly, we're gonna talk about Charles Barkley. And his statements regarding race, I thought it was so, so beautiful. And take questions from the mailbag. And I love y'all very much. Take care. God bless. Thank you for joining us at the Humanity Matters Podcast. For more information, visit our website, philipfletcher.org. Like us on YouTube. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and Google Play. Remember to be loved, be kind, be generous. And if we remember to live in hope, we can do the impossible.